0: This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also find at cortezcurrents.ca.
1: Nizuri is a Swahili word that means good or beautiful. So when somebody asks you how you're doing, the response is Nizuri sana. Like, I'm well, I'm good, thank you. But it's also used to like, a person is Missouri, Or when you're driving down the street in Kenya, you see all these yeah. shops that have like the Missouri hair salon and... Nazuri shoeshine. So it's kind of just like a catch-all, like, hey, it's good.
0: Nazuri took on another meeting with Jenny Hartwick after her family visited Kenya in March 2020. Baskets. The COVID virus had just arrived in Africa. The Hartwicks were in a group of 23 Cortez residents who flew out just before the border closed. However, while in Kenya, they met up with Jenny's mother-in-law, Heather Hartwick, As Jenny explains,
1: my mother-in-law, who actually happens to be here right now, visiting us, is our connection to Kenya. Over 30 years ago, her family was involved in a semester abroad program through McGill. They took university students over to Kenya and did field studies in biology and marine biology and all of that. That program has gone away. So my mother-in-law and father-in-law, who's not in the picture, bought out all of the um, equipment from the program that had been part of this university program and for about 15 years operated as an ecotourism business. She was the reason my husband and I went the first time um, 12 years ago before we had kids and was also the reason we went back because Nana has a whole other life in Kenya. She spends five months out of every year over there and has for 30 some odd years. She has children named after her and friends and all of this that we really wanted our kids to get to know. So we went on a five week trip to Kenya. And while we were there, Nana took us to meet her basket lady that she has been buying baskets from for over 15 years. Now this woman has a carpet on the side of the road under a tree. She's strung some tarps over the tree and then she displays her basket. That's just a very simple kind of unofficial roadside business that she operates. So we went to visit her and in uh, my typical style, I, I love the basket. So I bought way too many and brought them home as gifts for friends and family. It wasn't until we were back in Canada and I'd given away all of my baskets and I had everybody saying to me, wow, these are amazing. Can you get more of them? That I thought, gee, maybe I can look into that. And so that's kind of, that was the start of where it came from. <laughs> of course, it's, it's Kenya, right? My basket lady, Mehdi, doesn't have a bricks and mortar store or anything like that. She's got a, a movable stall on the side of the road. No computer, no nothing. Heather, my mother-in-law, has been going back and forth for so many years we have some good friends over there that we met the first time we were there and have actually been to cortez to see cs I've actually traveled from kenya to visit us here so i called up my friend dan Ohti, and he um sent another friend to visit her on the side of the road to get her phone number so that then i could call her from canada And have a conversation with her to see if it was something that she would even consider doing, collecting baskets for me so that we could then try and ship them. She was okay with that. She'd never done it before. She does supply some baskets to some shops in Nairobi, but she has never shipped them internationally before. So the deal that we came to was that she would collect the baskets for me and I would then take care of everything else. So I spent about six months of spending way too much time on the internet reading Kenyan shipping and exporting regulations, which is a quagmire, and I wouldn't recommend going down that rabbit hole if you can at all avoid it, and researching and finding a reputable customs broker and and tackling all of that side of things before we were able to actually start the process of bringing in our first order our first order arrived in august of 2020 it was a small order we brought in about 200 baskets it was intended to be a one-time i'm bringing some baskets in to sell them to my friends and family i sold them out in a week so i thought okay well i'll just bring in one more order and we'll see what happens and it's snowballed now to the point that they're being wholesaled to some other shops um As far away as Winnipeg in Ontario. We're now on order. Order six is actually just with the shipping company right now. On average, I'm shipping about 400 to 500 baskets at a time. So it's primarily for me, mostly markets. And then I do have an online website, but I also have a a family with children and two other jobs on the island.
0: When did you wake up and think, i fact got a business
1: i think i think realistically that when that first order arrived and it was gone in a week all of a sudden i was like wait a second what did i just do here and that that was one where i was kind of like oh okay i, I guess we'll keep going the caveat is that the women that I purchased the baskets from so I work with one particular woman and she's the point person for um, an extended group of weavers, most of whom are actually her immediate family or her friends of her immediate family, most of the baskets are made in her husband's family village. So it's her mother-in-law and her sister-in-law who are some of the weavers and it's kind of spilled to friends and family. So I've been very cautious along the way as well that I'm only going to buy what they have available for sale. <laughs> I've set some some limits to myself to I don't bargain with the women. So what they want for a basket is what they get. I'm not going to be undercutting or or trying to trying to do anything. It's, it's got to be fair for them. The other thing is it's a handmade product. So I don't ever ask for a particular basket. You know, I, there are styles and colors that are very popular right now that I can sell instantly, but I'm not going to turn around to them and say, you need to make me 50 of basket X. I don't want to do that. Like, they need to be able to weave what they feel like weaving that day and use whatever colors they want to use and know that they have a market for it. The other side of it too, is that a lot, most of the dyes that they use are natural colored. I can tell, for example, the dye that they use to dye yellow comes from a flower. And when that flower is blooming, I get a lot of yellow baskets that's the way it's going to be when you're working with natural products. There's an annual cycle. You get your yellow flower at one time of the year. So I'm going to get a lot of yellow baskets then, and I'm not going to get yellow baskets in December. And that's fine. That has to be the way it goes for them.
0: Okay. In terms of a business, is it profitable?
1: Yes. I'm still doing it. And it's fun. I love the fact that Last night before I went to bed, I was on a a video messenger call with my friend in Kenya because he had messaged me to say, hey, the next order of baskets are ready. And I ended up on like a 25 minute messenger call with him and he was giving me a tour of his backyard in Kenya. And this morning I got up and I called my basket lady again. And she was at home holding her 18 month old grandbaby who I could hear blabbering away on the phone. So it's this great opportunity to really build on all of these connections that were already there for my family, but I was only kind of peripherally connected to because it was my mother-in-law that had that connection. And and now we really have those
0: connections too. What about the rest of your family?
1: I don't think my children ever want to hear the word basket again. (laughs) They get really, really excited when an order comes in because they come in giant cardboard boxes and they get to make the most epic box forts that you've ever seen we have quite a small house and so my husband built a beautiful guest cabin for us uh, all of our parents are, are getting up there and so we really wanted to make sure they had somewhere comfortable to stay it's almost 700 square foot with a wood stove beautiful guest cabin which i've now appropriated for basket storage now when anybody comes to visit i have to clear a little path out of the way so that you can access the bed and another little path over to the wood stove and then try and pile the baskets out of the way so they don't catch on fire because that's now my room. The caveat is that I want to make sure that it just grows organically, like it either will grow or it won't grow, but I'm not going to be out there actively pushing it. So so at this point in time, it's it's a lot of the Friday markets on Cortez and then word of mouth from there.
0: How much of your trade do you actually do on the markets in Cortez?
1: How much of my trade do I do at the markets of Cortez? I would say about a third.
0: Have you been back to Kenya?
1: No, although, funnily enough, I had been trying to go in November last month. And then just with the way things are looking... It was postponed, so we are hoping to go in March. My mother-in-law would be going for a longer stint, and I would probably just go for 10 days to focus on meeting the women again and, and really being in person for that.
0: Do you have something more that you want to say?
1: I never, ever imagined myself embarking on something like this. Like It's not ever what I thought I would be doing. There's so many people on Cortez that I think have all of these really neat entrepreneurial ideas in their brains. And I would really encourage people to run with their ideas if they get them, because you never know where they're going to end up. And it's one of the most rewarding and fun things I have done in a long time.
0: You've been listening to an interview with Jenny Hartwick about the founding of the Missouri Basket Company on Cortes Island. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.